What is good, everybody? This is the Views from the 573 Podcast, the podcast that has found out, surprisingly, that they made a UFL roster with the Memphis Showboats. So I guess uh, we'll see how long this pod keeps on running. I guess I'm going to be a wide receiver for the Showboats here. <laughs> not too long. I don't know what they saw with my 40 time because it's not what you want, but apparently that's going to happen. But uh, yes, uh, I'm your host, Ryan McDaniel. And there's another Ryan McDaniel that's going to be playing on that team. Uh, but he's not doing this podcast. I am along with my friend, Matt Mormon. Matt, I guess, uh, you know, you're not on a UFL roster. So I guess, I mean, what would you bring to a UFL roster? Well, my brother, Brian Mormon, was a longtime punter for the Buffalo Bills. So I at least have, like, familial experience in the NFL um, I can tell you what it's like to play a lot of Madden and read cover two defenses from, you know, yeah. a third person up in the booth kind of angle. Um, that's probably about all I'd really bring. Other than that, you know, I would help set up like the team, like fantasy league and things like that, you know, probably get a couple guys suspended for gambling or something like that, you know, so, <laughs> so it wouldn't be ideal. I'm definitely not a guy, a USFL team or a UFL team rather, uh, would, would like to have around necessarily, but Ryan, I never really took you for a, a wide receiver. I'm not gonna lie. I always thought of you as more of kind of like either a, a uh, you know edge rusher, maybe a tight end. You're a little t- you're a little short though for those. I mean, quarterback though, you're also just a little bit short for those. Maybe are you fast enough to be a corner? I don't know. I think you're kind of positionless. No. Maybe you're the punter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was surprising to me. It was like, hey, my guy, we're going to have you a wide receiver. It's like, really? Yeah, you're gonna have me out there. It's like okay, like I are mean, you, I know wide receivers make fast. I mean, maybe. I've, I mean, I, I've never seen you run. I don't know. Maybe they're like uh, the old Titans coach Mike Brable now that we can say and says like he can block really well. So we'll take him. Sure, get Kyle <laughs> Phillips in there. You know, oh. uh, yeah. No, I did, I just had this realization that gosh, I've known you for like eight years and. Maybe I was missing out on some great, like, pickup basketball game teammate. Like, or, you know, maybe we do flag football. I could have been the quarterback just making money off of, you know, throwing bad passes and you bailing me out because you're this wide receiver. (laughs) I had no idea. You know, it's just like, you know, this whole, you know, screw it. You know, Ryan's down there somewhere method. (laughs) (laughs) I'll Uh, just go and OBJ a pass. We we definitely could have adopted the uh, playbook that me and a buddy of mine used to have back in back in high school, where we would just name plays off of real players and the style routes we would use them with in Madden. And so, like there was a uh, like like a Brandon Marshall that was a uh, up in and up right, a, a kind of stop and go kind of route. Um, I uh, try to remember. I think Mike Wallace yeah. was a streak. Those kinds of things, you know. So. Uh, you definitely would have been able to learn that playbook quickly, I feel like. So we definitely could have made some magic out there on the uh, flag football field. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, you mentioned the Madden expertise. I mean, hey, you, you might be able to bring that up with one of these coaching jobs that are open now. Like, hey, I've spent a lot of time playing Madden. Hey, you know what? If the uh, if the Washington Commanders are looking for a uh, head coach, I think that I would be a uh, solid candidate. I remember there was a whole, whole thing a while back with Peter Lewis Cannon and, and like he, he was going to be like part of the Washington team as like a quarterback <laughs> or something like that. And 
like we had a whole thing like I think where one of us was the GM and one of us was the coach. Like I forget what that whole spiel was, but I mean, hey, let's revive it. I've always viewed myself as more of a GM type than a coach type. Uh, you know, I think that I'd be yeah. the guy with a Excel spreadsheet, you know, putting together analytics more so than yelling in guys' face to run faster. Uh, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> Yeah, so we've already mentioned a couple things we're going to talk about. So the rundown for this show, a little bit later on, we got the playoffs coming up with Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, super excited about these games. We're going to be talking about that coaching carousel, including what we already mentioned, Mike Brable being fired from the Titans and uh, what that means and where things could go there. So I got a team with a head coaching job open. So maybe I could try my hand at that. Well, and you know, Ryan, out of the three of us, me, you, and Peter, um, you're the only one to have any recent coaching changes at all. And even that most recent one was six years ago. You know, we were kind of all in our infancy of meeting. Um, So this is really the first time that, like, the three of us have been together for any head coaching change. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's taken this long. I mean, with – the other Tennessee team, it's been like two or three. So, right. <laughs> Those seem to happen every three years. Thankfully, it hasn't happened in a while. And let's hope it stays that way. Uh, so, uh, we, we have that. And speaking of college, we got to talk about college football a little bit. The national championship on Monday night between Michigan and Washington. Michigan are now the champs of the college football world. And also, we got to talk about Jim Harbaugh. It's going to kind of transition to our coaching carousel talk. Because Harbaugh, his future is in doubt. You know, is he going to stay in college? Is he going to go to the NFL? A lot of things that decide here. But let's get on and talk about the championship game. Well, and then, with... and then we're also going to talk about the NFL playoffs. I, I, I mentioned that. I mentioned that. Oh, that, yeah. that was the first thing I mentioned. That was, yeah. Totally yeah. missed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this championship game with Michigan capping off the perfect season against Washington 34 to 13 at Houston on Monday night with a lot of talks surrounding Harbaugh's future and Michigan. You got all these different things going on, these investigations. And here you have Michigan and Washington, two perfect teams going head to head, different styles, Michigan kind of the, you know, old school team with the, the defense that can shut you down. And then Washington with the passing offense, Michael Penix Jr., with all of his receivers, Adunze, who's going to be a top draft pick, McMillan, he had all those guys. And what happened last night? Well, Washington had a little bit of trouble compared to what they did to Texas. And you got to give credit to Michigan. You know, um, I'm thinking about it. Uh, Matt, there's a Ravens connection here, of course, not just with Harbaugh, but I believe Jesse Mentor, the defensive coordinator of Michigan, I believe he was he, he was part of the Ravens staff not too long ago, and I think you know because you know Mike McDonald was right. part of the Michigan staff, so I think Mentor has some relation to that too. Um, so Harbaugh gets one of his brother's guys to come in, and he does an excellent job with that defense that really shut down one of the premier passing offenses last night, and which they just, they just completely made Penix uncomfortable. And I think that was the thing that Texas didn't get to do. And Michigan, while not having like any stud pass rusher, them as a unit, they were able to affect them. And that Washington offensive line, 
if memory serves me right, they won the top award for the best offensive line in college football. And so to see what Michigan did to them and just make them uncomfortable make and making Penix make throws a little bit too early, that was the game changer. I think you can take a look at this one and say Michigan and their defense in the running game. That running game was hitting so early. Donovan Edwards, two big runs. Blake Corum had over 120 or 30 yards. So he was amazing. Then you got McCarthy, who did pretty well for the most part. It was just, you know, it was a contrast in styles, and Michigan style ended up prevailing. And there's a couple things I w- I'm taking away from this one. It, and, Matt, I mean, I know you're not the college football guy, and, you know, that's been well explained on this podcast. But <laughs> but uh, one thing I'm thinking about here is, despite how good Michigan and Washington's teams are, they're not littered with four uh, high four-star, high five-star guys. Like, I think Michigan's only had, like, two five-stars. But one thing that they've done is that they got these veteran players that develop over the course of years and years and years that develop in that culture, in that system. And I don't know what it was with Harbaugh after the COVID year. In the COVID year, they were two and four, and there were some serious questions there you know, if they were going to move on. Yeah. But they stuck the course. And since that COVID year, he's been 40 and three since then with three wins over Ohio State, completely dominating that narrative that he couldn't beat Ohio State in the last three years. And he's been doing this with guys that aren't all five stars, that guys that are put in the work and developing that program. And, you know, they're them keeping hardball. They could have pulled the trigger, and I think, you know, you take a look at NFL and college, there's a lot of teams that if you don't get results really early on, there'll be people that want to pull the trigger. It's like, let's go and reset. And Michigan didn't do that. They ended up staying the course with Harbaugh. Let's see where this goes. And it's paid dividends. Like, it's taken seven, eight, nine years for him to get to this point where he's brought Michigan back to – where he promised them that he was going to take them. And that's back at the top of the college football world. And so I think if you're a college football program with that 12-team playoff coming in next year, you're looking at these two teams like, A, this is great because we're not built like Alabama and Georgia. We don't have all these five stars that are on the roster that are on the bench. And we look at these rosters like we can develop these guys and we can go and we can win. And – develop a culture to where, hey, we can be a Washington, you know. So uh, I've probably gone on a little bit too long about this. You know, college football, I guess, out of the two of us, again, it's more mildly. But, Matt, just kind of like you're hearing all this. What are your thoughts? Well, so one thought, and then I'm going to throw right back at you the question here first. So on the Washington side of things, um, yeah, I'm very much not a college football follower. I am aware of a handful of names. I know they've got two receivers that are big time for the draft. I know Michael Pettix. I know they had a great offensive line, right? Um, I will say just kind of from a moving forward standpoint, I do think it's a bit of a notch against Michael Penix that, you know, hey, he had this great setup. He got knocked off his rocker a little bit and things crumbled very badly. I mean, I can't believe this was a seven point game at halftime. It did not feel like it won bit. So I thought he played pretty no. terribly, really. Um, and so that's something 
I'll look into it more, you know, for, for me, college football season doesn't start until mid February. Uh, so that's what I'll kind of find out more about him and kind of what I really feel about him. One, one name that just pops in my head hearing the, you know, best offensive line in college football thing. I remember that was the thing with Zach Wilson is that he did have the best college football offensive line at BYU that year. And also Zach Wilson, you know, his biggest strength was probably his arm strength, right? It was deep mm-hmm. ball passes. I feel like, am I wrong in saying that? Like, that's really a strength of Michael Penix is his deep ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You watch the Texas game. He was able to throw some really good yeah. deep balls. Yeah. And that, and when you're defending, when you're protected, well, you can do that a bit better. So, you know, it's something I'll be looking at, you know, once I get to dig, dig deeper into it. Um, the question I want to throw at you though, is you mentioned this Michigan team being a very much a veteran team, an older team. Is there still some lingering effects with COVID? Are some of these guys still extra eligible because of COVID? Has that time passed yet? Um, was this the last year of that? I think there's still some lingering effects, but I think I think Blake Corum, I think, is one guy that pops off the top of my head. I think where he it, it isn't effective with him. But I think with a lot of these other guys, like it's just been years in the program that there's been this culture and you know what's crazy is michigan's offensive line going back to the best offensive line of uh you know college football thing michigan's been that way the past couple years and this year they weren't that and you got them being able to run all over washington and washington's defense wasn't anything great but yeah i mean you take a look at their roster mccarthy i think is a true junior uh so is donovan edwards I think a couple other guys. I don't know how many people on that roster are still lingering from COVID. Um, I think there's probably some on Washington's side you can say the same. Uh, So I'm not totally sure on that. But, yeah, it's a veteran team that spent a lot of time uh, getting things right. Guys that are coming back, I think Corum, he could have gone to the draft last year. He came back. And I I think there might have been a couple others that decided to come back. But, yeah, it's a veteran-laden team. and. Yeah, they're going to lose a lot of these guys to the draft next year, but they still got some guys coming back. I think um, Mason Graham won the defensive lineman. That was really great. He's coming back. McCarthy could still come back, for all we know. Um, Donovan Edwards could probably come back. And they got one of their best corners, Will Johnson, who was attached to a Dunze most of the Monday night. He's coming back. So it's a veteran team, but it's got a lot of guys coming back that are going to be taking on big-time leadership roles next year. Is it pronounced Rome Odunze? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I kept on feeling you were saying Odunsday, and I'm like, that's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> like, if a guy's last name is Doomsday, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, that's a guy I want on my fantasy team. I know that much. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I really had too many other thoughts. I mean, I was kind of happy to see Washington hanging as close as they did through about three quarters of it, really. Um, yeah. Because it didn't feel like it. It felt like Michigan was blowing your mouth to me. Um, you know, the scoreboard to me was lying the entire game, it felt like. Um, Ryan, real quick, so I don't think I mean I'm sure you have talked about it. I don't know if me and you have talked about it so much. Um just to hit on it really quickly before we go to the coaches. And I know I'm throwing off your uh your your thing because I just thought about this, but did they make <laughs> the was the committee correct? I'm sorry to bring up news from eight weeks ago. What was the committee correct? As far as were these the four best teams, I mean, you could probably, 
if Georgia didn't lose to Bama, or maybe even if they did, you could probably still say Georgia was one of the best teams. And like, you could probably have thrown them in the championship game and they probably could have been one of these two teams if they played them. Um, I do think they did get it as right as they could uh, for this final year. And I think that's all you can ask for. You got two teams that won their conference in Michigan and Washington that ran the table, had big-time wins. Then you had Texas. And Texas, of course, is getting in because they beat Bama. And that's something you got to take in consideration as well because if what if that doesn't happen, well, then maybe you get Georgia in here, mm-hmm. you know, and Bama doesn't get Or it. FSU. Yeah, that's true too. And yeah. man, that, I feel so was, bad for FSU. <laughs> that was always my argument was the reason that Texas is in isn't just because they beat Alabama, they scheduled Alabama. And the reason why FSU didn't make it is because they didn't schedule a game like that in their non-conference game uh, schedules. Um, yeah. that, that was always kind of my take on it. Okay. Um, you want to shift gears on over to a specific member of this Michigan team? Yeah, let's talk about Harbaugh real quick. Um, yeah, let let's talk about it because he's got a big time decision to have to make in this next couple weeks. He's not going to think about it right now. He's he's going to celebrate this for a little bit, but then he's got some big time future stuff to decide. I mean, he did win a title at his alma mater. Had a huge record, and I believe, if memory serves me right, this is their first outright title since, like, somebody mentioned the Truman administration. <laughs> so, so, and I think the last title they had was in '97, but it was shared because I think he still had BCS stuff or something. Oh, and it was shared with Nebraska. So I'm sorry to bring that up for Nebraska fans. Huh. <laughs> but um, yeah. So he's made some history there, but he's got a big-time future decision to make, to stay at college or head to the NFL. And he's got all this stuff at Michigan kind of lingering with these investigations, and he only coached in, I believe, what, six, five games this year with two separate suspensions. And so the NFL is calling. There's some jobs out there. You got a job like the Chargers that's open. You got Washington. That's open. Raiders are, are open, and there's a lot of others. So, Matt, let's. I want to get your thoughts on this, and I'll give mine. What do you think Harbaugh does? Does he stay at college or does he head to the NFL? Well, so I guess my first question is: Are there still lingering um, potential punishments out there? Because I kind of thought it was done and over with. He served a suspension. I thought it was over with. Is there? A chance I, of more or sanctions I, and stuff? I think there's still a chance of something more. I think there's still investigations with the sign stealing that are going on at the moment. Um, so, I mean, that could be potentially some stuff that he can take a look at. Is like, okay, maybe that's coming down the line. Okay. Well, I mean, if if there's anything coming down the line, if he has the uh, the radar signal going off, he's gone for sure, right? We've seen this before, Pete Carroll, the USC, right? You catch wind that you might be getting something levity against you, get the heck out of there. They can't do yeah. anything to you if you're in the NFL, right? They can punch the school, but you're you're out, your hands are clean at that point, right? Um, so I think if if there are any suspensions coming, anything at all coming, he gets out of there. He goes out a champion, right? He wanted to go back to Michigan just to win the title with his alma mater. He did it now. So it's like also you've accomplished what you set your goal to be. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see him getting out of there. 
I feel like even though I don't think it's the right move to me, Vegas definitely seems like a team that would want to throw. I, like, like Vegas, you keep on hearing them say they want a big name head coach, which I don't even know what that means. Like it's a coach, not a quarterback. Like what do you mean you want a big name head coach? That's dumb to me, but they, they do. We've seen that before with Gruden, right? Yeah. Um, and I would say even McDaniels to an extent kind of falls on the same boat a little bit of a name that everybody knows. Harbaugh is definitely one of those guys. I can see the Raiders also giving Harbaugh some roster control, which I think is definitely a thing for him. Remember, that was one of the big rifts with him in San Francisco was roster control. Right. And I would say it's turned out pretty darn good for San Francisco going the direction they've gone since then. Um, But, you know, it went pretty well for Harbaugh too. And so it's not like Harbaugh proved that he couldn't do that kind of thing. Um, You know, when you are a college coach, you have a lot of control. You have all of the control over recruiting and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And so I definitely think that it, it's going to be a situation where where can he go to get that control? I don't think New England, if Belichick leaves, I think that's part of their problem in New England is yeah, they don't want Belichick to have that. I don't think that's the case in Tennessee because they just hired a new GM. The two spots I see where that's the case is either Las Vegas or a team who does not currently have a general manager being Carolina. Those are the two teams I'm looking at. But, however, I think Carolina is such a mess and so far away from winning. I don't think Harbaugh's going to put himself in that position. Mm-mm. And so, uh, to me, Vegas. Vegas is the place. I think I take a look at this and, you know, Harbaugh, I mean, he does have it kind of made at Michigan now if he does decide to stay. I mean, he won them the championship. He got them the thing that they've been craving for. They've been their top rival three straight years and it was a team designed specifically to beat Ohio state. And they've done that and they're rolling now. Again, they've been, they're 40 and three in the last three years. I think one thing for Michigan to take in consideration, if he does leave is where they go. And I don't yeah. know if they go, I don't know if they go outside, they may stay inside and get the guy that was the interim coach Sharon Moore. Uh, Cause technically he did beat Ohio state. <laughs> He's one to know. So, I mean, technically, he took care of Ohio State, so I think how, he gets consideration. How many teams can say we're hiring a guy who's never lost a game as a head coach? N- n- nobody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and one of his wins is against Ohio State. He's undefeated as a head coach. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Only, yeah. So I, I, I'm with you on that. I think they could very well stay in house and go that direction. Yeah, I I think that's the way to go. I I do think Harbaugh would try and limit who he brings with him. I do think he he would bring mentor the DC since mm-hmm. he's had NFL experience, he would bring him with them. Uh, other than that, I, I think he does go to the NFL. I think he goes there and I'm looking at all these teams. One idea that has been mentioned because they haven't fired a coach, their coach yet is Chicago. I mean, depending on what they want to do with fields and Eberflus, you know, that could be appealing. You have some cap space, you got the number one pick. You got the number nine pick. So you got some stuff to work with. You're going to get one of the top quarterbacks, whether it's Caleb or, or Drake May. So that could be appealing. But if it's for, as far as jobs that are open right now, I see it with Vegas. But I kind of feel like they should roll with Pierce. You know, oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah. Let me cut you off there real quick, Ryan. Because I, I, yeah, I think I said even in a way of like, I don't think they should do it. But I think they will do it with Harbaugh. Yeah. Antonio Pierce got everything out of that team you possibly could. Um, mm-hmm. But we've seen them throw a big bag of money at a head coach in a season, right? When 
Um, wasn't that the, the uh, oh, what's his name? I almost just said Rod Barajas. That's not his name. <laughs> That's a backup catcher from the 2000s. What was the name of the, of the uh, special teams coach? Now he's out in Green Bay who took over and was great. Oh, I but keep he, thinking but, of it. But yeah, it was Rod something. But uh, uh, he was really good after Gruden uh, got fired, right? And yeah. they still grabbed their big bag of money and gave it to Josh McDaniels after they already gave an even bigger bag of money to Gruden, right? Yeah. I just feel like there are badly run franchises out there that make the same mistakes over and over and over. I'm with you. If if I ran the Raiders, Antonio Pierce, you earned this job. Go get him, my man. Yeah. But I don't run the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm sure the Raiders players would be like, "Thank you for keeping Pierce." <laughs> um, but, Who, uh, who's this guy out in Kansas City on a podcast? Yeah, we'll take him. Come on in, man. <laughs> Mike Mayock 2.0, baby. Oh man. <laughs> um, I think Washington is potentially another one, but of course they've gone and hired Bob Myers, which kind of like, really, Bob Myers? What in the I world? I love it. I absolutely love what they're doing with the search committee. Like Spielman is there to make sure that's like a football knowledgeable guy. But I love Bob Myers coming in to do this though. Um, remember Ryan, the Golden State Warriors. I was one of them. I was upset when Mark Jackson got fired. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? You've got this team that's burgeoning. Like they, they had their breakout year under Mark Jackson. And everything looked so good. And they fired Mark Jackson and go bring Steve Kerr in from TNT. Are you kidding me? Sometimes <laughs> you need to think outside the box, you know? Sometimes it's going to blow up in your face by yeah. doing that. And you hire John Gruden. But sometimes thinking outside the box is going to go really, really well. And if you vet the guy and he does have a good mind for it, like, I actually really like it. I think it's a very – it is the complete opposite of what the previous hiring system was there, right? Much like the Vegas Raiders um, be, being very much, oh, just give me a big name, a name everybody knows. Washington was kind of that way. And Washington also was very much kind of an old-school Ram team. You know, I think Ron yeah. Rivera kind of embodied that also. I love this idea that quickly we're seeing new ownership in Washington going in a very new direction with new ideas outside the box thinking it could blow up in their face, right? Bob Myers may come yeah. back and say, all right, guys, Go get me, you know, Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Fantasy Football Today. That's our head coach now. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, you know, give me Matt Mormon from Views from the 573. It's like, oh, Jamie, I don't even know this is a good idea, right? <laughs> it could go terribly. I'm yeah. excited to see what – I've never been, like, excited to see a head coaching search before. I'm excited to see what that one lands because I think that Bob Myers coming in is actually a really outside-the-box, really smart – fun way of going about this yeah hey there's a stream on guy that quit basketball let's try him out a tight end <laughs> hey you can do that too we'll see how many fights he gets into and see if he tries <laughs> to choke hold somebody um no i mean that leads me to think well, harbaugh potentially because that is out on that side of the coast that is close to baltimore and he oh, won't have to face and he, he wouldn't have to face John that much right? in the NFC. Now, he would have to face the Cowboys, the Eagles, twice a year. But I think you, you can take a look at that. They got the number two pick. They got all that salary cap. They got nine picks to play with. I think four or five in the top 100. 
they have a lot of potential there to go and make some moves in free agency and in the draft. Harbaugh can get his guy, whether if you know Caleb goes in one, he can get Drake May or something like that. I think it would be an appealing spot. I think, honestly, Washington and probably the Chargers would be the two I'm looking at because the Chargers, despite their salary cap stuff, and that's a real thing, that's a real thing to take in consideration, is that they're in a they're in a decent spot. You got Justin Herbert. You know what he can bring. You got your franchise quarterback. You got your franchise left tackle on Rashawn Slater. So you got some couple guys there. You got the sixth overall pick. And even though you're in a division with Mahomes and with the Raiders and the Broncos, with all the stuff going on there, it might be appealing in, in Harbaugh saying, hey, let me go out on the West Coast again. I got a franchise guy. I don't have to worry about developing him. I know what I'm getting. And let's try to rebuild this thing. I think it could be an appealing spot for him. I think the Chargers are probably the most appealing um, team to a guy who especially wants to win now. Yeah. I Like to me – I think Atlanta is the most appealing spot for a team that maybe a head coach is willing to take a year to build it, right? But if you're wanting to step in and try to immediately win, I do think the Chargers are probably the best spot because they're the only team of the teams with openings that has a stud at every pillar spot, right? Quarterback Herbert, left tackle, Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa at edge rusher, right? So, like, every kind of pillar premium position, um, I've got a guy already, you know, in those spots. So I, I I see that too with the Chargers. Um, yeah, I, I see that too. I wonder, you know, Chargers aren't exactly known for shutting out money though. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I know. I, I missed I missed the mute button. <laughs> I went to hit it. But uh I mean, yeah, I mean there's there's some spots for Harbaugh to take a look at, and we'll have to see if Chicago does open up, but I think he does head to the NFL. I think, you know, he's fine with what he did at Michigan. He's left him better than what it was before he got there. And he's got some good opportunities to go out and do it. But, yeah, it will depend on what kind of spot that is. If, you know, with him wanting a lot of control – if that's going to be a hurdle for some teams, if not, then great. You got Jim Harbaugh. So it'll be interesting Control. to see what happens here. But I think he's going to the NFL. Control, money, and a win-now team. Those are the three things he's looking for. Yeah. So I guess we can kind of make our way into the rest of the coaching carousel with – some jobs opening, including one today with my Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel. A lot of smoke here with what was happening. Supposedly, supposed to get a press conference, I think, Monday or something. That didn't happen. So I think when that didn't happen, it's like, there's some smoke here, whether there's some concern of whether he will come back. And it was officially announced earlier Tuesday morning that he is done, he is fired, and he is now out on the open market, which, you know, that could be a guy that can shoot on the top, shoot up the top of many teams' lists of guys. Maybe the Chargers even, potentially. If you're looking for a guy that, you know, that it has Vrabel's mindset, Chargers could be a team. But 
he's leaving the Titans after six years, and these last couple years have been they've been rough. You know, offensive line stuff, injuries. I believe like three years straight we've had the worst injury history in a row, and that can maybe do the playing style. But he's six and eighteen in his last twenty four. He's one and nine in the division over the last couple years, and with how the AFC South has been, that's not great. <laughs> and you've seen all these other teams get their franchise quarterbacks, and you hope Levis can be that guy. But from what it sounds like, there's a lot of, you know, as what the owner Amy Adams Strunk has said, not a whole lot of collaboration, not whole a whole lot of agreement, and getting on the same page. And that I think that was key and why Vrabel is no longer there. I, I also wonder if, you know, Vrabel was just wanting to keep on going with the guys he had in the system that, that he had compared to what GM Rancathone had with San Francisco. You know, big San Francisco guy. He kind of wants to get that mindset in the organization. And I guess they just didn't see eye to eye on that. And it seemed like, you know, Vrabel wasn't really about him as GM, didn't really like it. And so now he's out the door and there's now a head coaching opening in Nashville. That's interesting to kind of bring up almost the uh, the disagreements and stuff. That makes a lot of sense because I was very surprised he has come across today. I really was. Um, I think Mike Vrabel is a very good head coach. I think he is one of those coaches who has gotten a whole lot more wins out of this team than these rosters ever deserved. Um, and I think really that almost goes towards every single season of him as their head coach that like, I think the Titans always were better than I thought they deserved to be. Um, and I think coaching goes a, a long way towards it. So I, I give him a lot of credit. Yeah. To me, he immediately launches up that pool of guys who are available for head coaching jobs right now. Like, I think Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator on Detroit, he's he's the hot name coordinator right now. Um, I think he's definitely up there. I think the Ravens' own Mike McDonald is up there for sure. Um, but then, as far as guys who actually have like his history as a head coach, I think currently available guys, it's Vrabel and it's Jim Harbaugh, maybe yeah. Dan Quinn also. Those, those, that's kind of my short list of guys who who are out there that I expect to kind of fill most of these spots. Yeah, um, I think Vrabel's a great one. How, how are you feeling about this, Ryan? As a Tennessee Titans fan, are you happy that Vrabel's gone? Or are you confused, peeved? Mm, I think I'm like on the more side of accepting it. I was kind of accepting it and saying like, I think it's probably time with how the rosters run, how the offense is run. It seems like he's got a whole lot of guys that he's friends with in those places. And it's just like, it seemed like he wants to keep on. It seemed like he wanted to try to win a whole lot this year when it did seem like in the offseason, there's some moves like they didn't know if they wanted to rebuild or if they want to go and try to make another run out of it. And they tried to make another run out of it, kind of. And then Tannehill got hurt. And then you had Malik and then Will Levis. And well, and we talked about the Hopkins move, how, how it almost yeah. was kind of a weird landing spot that I think no one really saw it coming because it was like, well, Tennessee, they they really aren't like a contender, but they are kind of old, you know. Um, yeah. And, and then they go out and they landed Hopkins, and it's like, well, you became older, you know. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Not not knowing when or wanting to take a step back, as far as the roster goes. 
yeah. So I kind of feel like he had gotten a little bit stubborn with how things had gone throughout the years. It reminds and... me of the Blues and Craig Berube. Mm. I don't know a whole lot about that situation, but it seems like a guy that is stubborn. Yeah. From what I've read, it's kind of like yeah. a, you know, it got a smartest guy in the room type yeah. of vibe that, you know, it felt like he knew what he was doing. This was the way to go and not the whole San Francisco mode, which I don't know. San Francisco, pretty good over the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole different ball game with what they got going on there compared to what's going on down Broadway. At well, you know what? That's a team to just pull up. Who are their assistant coaches right now? Because it does feel like every year a uh, 49ers assistant goes somewhere else and is awesome. So that's one to uh, just pull up and know those names. Um, oh, defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. He had a little uh, yeah. <laughs> hot potato run as a head coach. Um, do they not have an offensive assist- offensive coordinator? Uh, I don't know. It do doesn't look not? like it. <laughs> um, Anthony Lynn is there as an assistant head coach and running backs coach. Oh, okay. Chris Forrester is the O-line and run game coordinator, and Clint Kubiak is the passing game coordinator. Clint Kubiak, I tell you what, that's Gary oh. Kubiak's son. I would be so excited about him as a head coach someday. Um, <laughs> uh, like Even just, just totally blind going into it, you give me Gary Kubiak's kid, who's now also been working as the 49ers passing game coordinator. Are you kidding me? That guy is going to be awesome. Um, yeah, giddy up with that. There's your guy, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's get this pass again going. Um, so I mean, I'm kind of okay with it. I kind of was wondering about it. I even want, I think I remember bringing something like this up in the midseason, talking about like if Rabel's gone, Ben Johnson is a guy I'm kind of looking at. Yeah, and here they are in a spot where you can go and potentially get a Ben Johnson, which He's high on my list. And also one name I've seen is Bobby Slowick, the Texans mm. offensive coordinator, who's got San Francisco ties. Yeah. And you've seen what he's done with Stroud. And like what you, and you like what you've seen. You've seen it twice, or mm-hmm. technically once, because Stroud has started once. But you've seen what he's done. And so you're like, let's try to see if he can do that with Will Levis. And we have Hopkins coming back. And you don't know what Hopkins will bring next year. I mean, I was surprised to see he had a thousand yard season this year. Right. But I mean that he did wonders for Will. I think it was good having Hopkins there as a veteran receiver. And so maybe take a look at Slowick in Houston, take a look at Ben Johnson. I've also seen a couple of defensive guys like a Mike McDonald potentially, but would depend on like bringing in the right type of offensive mind and whoever it is. I think it's going to be a few things. They're going to want to make sure that coach is aligned and is collaborative with the GM, with Carthone. And then it does sound like they want to get fresh perspective on things going on with the coaching staff. So that immediately kind of points to offense. You know, let's try to get better on offense. And plus, you don't know the Derrick Henry of it all if he's going to come back, you know, if you're going to, if he's going to leave, which maybe with Vrabel not coming back, he might be leaving 100% now because of that. And maybe he maybe follows a variable somewhere to where he lands. I will say if they do bring in Ben Johnson, I could see where they 
could use him in like a Jameer Gibbs, um, Montgomery role this year, and uh, it, it would hurt my heart, Matt, to see him with the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I was it, I was pointing at this Ravens logo over my shoulder as Ryan was talking about where's Derrick Henry land next year. <laughs> I actually don't even know if I would like it very much because I do think he's kind of you know old and and not nearly as good as he once was, but. Um, <laughs> I had to, I had to pry yeah. at you a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe you bring in Ben Johnson. Maybe you can be like a Montgomery Gibbs role with Tajay Spears, who was really good this year. I, Very I impressive. Lot Absolutely. Um, I think Ben Johnson's interesting. I think he is probably going to land somewhere. But, you know, for the last two years, I thought Kellen Moore was going to land somewhere. And then he didn't. And then look what happened with him in the Chargers this year. I don't think Kellen Moore is going to get like a call from anybody this year, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I could definitely see them going offense, mentioning that San Francisco connection and wanting that uh, that kind of alignment, that structure. Um, Sloak does definitely fit the bill for that. I'm gonna keep my guy Kubiak over here, though. Um, <laughs> I might place like a two dollar long shot bet on that one. Uh, I could, I could totally see that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that. I think. I was surprised to see it happen. I do think – I'm with you, though. I think they're going to want to change the mentality of this team. I think a lot of those veterans are gone. Tannehill gone. Hopkins gone. Henry gone. Um, defense, I can see some of those guys get swapped out too, right? They already traded away Bayard back in deadline. Um, and they're, they're going to be a change-the-culture time kind of team. And it might take a couple of years to turn this thing around. And, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of times that means whoever this head coach is gets fired before the team is good again. You know, I feel like we see that a lot at times. Um, you want to move That's on true. to the to the next team? Who you want to talk about next? Uh, let me think. I, there's a lot of teams, and you know, the Tines are one of them that have that cap space and high draft pick situation, which that could be appealing to somebody. Um, you take a look at all these other jobs. I do wonder where it lands because we got like six openings right now. Yeah. Uh, we've got the Chargers, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Commanders, and the Titans. Um, that's one question I also thought of, Ryan. If you, Ryan McDaniel, they said, hey, Ryan, you can be a head coach for any of these teams. Every single team is offering you a deal. Which job is the most appealing? Hmm. Well, I don't know. Can Justin Herbert run my butter formation of four birds and slants? <laughs> I mean, we might need to get some receivers with uh, with how Keenan and Mike Williams deals are, but I know Herbert's got the arm for the four verts, so let's just go you know, four verts. We'll run it every now and then. Let's just let's go for it. Um, I don't know. Uh, Chargers is definitely appealing. The Commanders is also appealing because of what we talked about earlier with what they're going. It seems like a new age of thinking. And, I mean, it is appealing with that cap space. I think it's the top in the league right now as far as cap space available. They also have a lot of holes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You need to spend an entire new defense except for two players. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and then offensive-wise, you got some guys like McLaurin and Deami Brown and Curtis Samuel and Dotson. And then you got some running backs are all right. You got a couple guys on the offensive line that are okay. But, hey, you got the number two pick. You got camp space. 
you can maybe go and add some offensive linemen of free agency. And then who knows, maybe you, can, you want to get Caleb Williams. Maybe Chicago's like saying, hey, you know, come up and get Caleb, whoever wants him. And maybe Washington makes a play to go up and get him. So I think I might say Washington right now is appealing, even though you got the Cowboys there, you got the Eagles there. I think the Commanders is up there. Chargers is definitely up there. And then you, you mentioned the thing with the Falcons. There's pieces there. The Falcons that's, were – That's my pick. The, the Falcons were not bad. It's just that their quarterback situation, if it was a yep. little bit better, they probably win that division. Yeah. If they had Derek Carr, they win the division. If they had Baker Mayfield, they win the division, right? Like, if they had any of those other quarterbacks in their division, they're the winners of this division – um, they've got an actually kind of decent defense and you've got the weapons, right? You've got Bijan, you've got Drake London, you've got Kyle Pitts and even not a bad offensive line either. It's just quarterback was such a mess to me with Atlanta, whoever they have replaced Arthur Smith, that's almost secondary. Who are you replacing Des- Desmond Ritter with? That's my big question for them. Um, yeah. I remember last year around this time, they were the team to me that I was scared of being the team to poach Lamar Jackson. And they were the team to put out a tweet right away that we are not interested in Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and I buried a big yep. old sigh of relief, like, okay, well, we dodged that bullet. <laughs> um, to me, the Chargers are the most interesting spot because you do have the quarterback. Among these teams are the only one with a quarterback, right? Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, Washington, Tennessee, all those five other teams, I've got either A, I'm replacing the quarterback, or B, I've got a formerly high draft pick quarterback and I have major questions about them, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I may spend a year trying to retool that guy and see where we go from there. Atlanta's the one, though, where I feel great about the weapons. I feel great about what's there. I just need to figure out quarterback. Yeah. Atlanta, they can go in a couple different ways. I mean, there's a the whole fields aspect, which they can right. definitely try to do. And there's the drafting stuff in which, I've, if I'm right, I think they got – uh, forgive me, I've done lots of mock drafts, and this is what happens when my team is selecting in the top 10. Uh, I think they got a first, a second, and two thirds. So they got an extra third that they can play around with. So maybe they can find a way and trade up to secure their guy, whether it's somebody like you know May or Daniels or something like that. But Atlanta, I, I can see it too. I was surprised by the season Atlanta had, you know, and – you know, with fancy stuff, we always kind of like looking at London and Pitts and all that right. stuff. But they had a solid year for the most part. It's just that if they had that quarterback, they would have won this division easily. Like you said, Baker, <laughs> like yeah. Baker having an amazing season, they would have won it with them. Yeah. Um, not, so I think as far as the job that I think that's the least appealing, I think it's the Panthers. Yeah. I don't even know if it's close. Yeah. And they're the team that has the first overall pick quarterback. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, a few years ago, I thought to myself, like, you know, we're really due for like a train wreck first overall pick. Like, it's been a while, you know. Um, I think you really have to go back to Jameis to get the, the last one that was like a true train wreck. Um, you know, Jameis what wasn't ideal. Um, but you know, I think you have to go back to Jamarcus Russell. And, you know, that that's that's the last one that was like a true train train right. wreck. Um, we may be witnessing it firsthand with Carolina. And it's not all Bryce Young's fault either. No. Um, some of it is, but some of it's not. And that ownership there is a complete mess as well. 
Um, that's what you get sometimes when a former NBA guy who in the NBA, there are no rules. You can kind of do whatever you want and rebuild a team by just kind of collecting three superstars out of the blue. Um, this is what, you know, NBA, Ryan, would you agree? It's a much faster moving life cycle. You know, you can go from bad to good really quickly in the NBA versus NFL. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. And if you have NBA patience on an NFL team, this is what it looks like. Yeah, uh, de- definitely for sure. I mean, NBA, it definitely moves a whole lot faster. I mean, I'm looking at Oklahoma City this year with all the young guys they got. They're moving on up. Um, you know, the Magic aren't bad. The Pacers aren't bad. They're actually pretty solid. So, I mean, yeah, like the Panthers are in a spot right now. And I don't want to knock Bryce because of his height because he's probably the same height as us, and we'd probably do the same. Hey, but- I am 5'11 and three quarters, thank you very much. I am as close to six foot as you can really get. <laughs> well, I just say, like, with how Bryce is, you know, there's a lot – I think there's a couple clips of him, like, jumping the pass in the air. So I'm like – Patrick Mahomes uh, does it all the time, though, Ryan. It's fine. Uh, well, Lamar Jackson, I watch it three times a game. <laughs> it's fine. Well, it's fine when you're six one or six two, but when you're five ten and you weigh like a buck ninety, it's uh, <laughs> it's concerning. <laughs> well, and when you're throwing it to old man Thielen and like that's true. Yeah. That that team could really use DJ more right now. <laughs> oh, really? That what a what a evolutionary <laughs> yeah. concept. <laughs> I, man, where could I find one? Oh, wait, I traded them. <laughs> I think oh, we've yeah. touched on every team now, at least a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. As far as those teams, I think Commanders, Chargers, Falcons are up there. Uh, I'm think that I mean, Titans might be in that middle spot, and then the Raiders, yeah. you know, are right there. But yeah, that you Panthers job. I would actually put tennis. Okay, so yeah, if, if it were me ranking the jobs I would want, I would go Atlanta, Char- LA Chargers, and then I would go Washington, Tennessee, Vegas, Carolina. I almost put Tennessee over Washington, though, because I do like the ideas that you're saying, though, about how they want synergy. I think that's really an important thing to have in between the office, uh, the front office and the coaching staff. I think about the mm-hmm. Ravens. You know, there is never any issues between John Harbaugh and was Ozzy now to Costa. Like, everyone being on the same page is so important. And that's something that we don't always get to see. I mean, look at, you know, no. the Giants were a team that, you know, I didn't really buy into the Giants last year. I think Daniel Jones was terrible. I've always thought Daniel Jones was terrible. And I thought it was a terrible idea to, to do the contract, too. But they were a team that I think everybody could objectively look at. It's like, well, they're kind of on the rise a little bit. The Brian Dable thing looking pretty good. You know, Wade yeah. Martindale, one of the best defensive coordinators, well, one of the most aggressive defensive coordinators in the NFL. To me, sometimes <laughs> almost too aggressive uh, for his own good. He's got the blackjack table that just keeps on being like, I'll double down on that. That's fine. I'll go for another, <laughs> you know. And when it works, he looks amazing. But then other times it, it doesn't work and you end up broke. Um, but regardless, uh, look at them. They just, you know, Wink just resigned. You know, how often do you ever yeah. see a, a coordinator resigning from a role? Um, not often. So that tells you if there's that friction between spots, you know, head coach, coordinator, or front office head coach, um, things can blow up quickly, you know, and things can be yes. a real problem. Yeah, very quickly. And uh, that, that's what happened there. So 
yeah, that synergy that you know, you, the only time you'll hear about it is when stuff is going wrong. Yeah. And when everything is going right, you don't hear peep about it. Yep. So yeah, that's definitely big. Uh let's talk about the playoffs. Let's talk about yeah. some playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> Bring out the old Jim Moore clip. Yeah, there Playoff, you go. Playoffs. You talking about playoffs? Playoffs. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So Super Wild Card Weekend is this weekend, and we got some matchups to talk about. First off, I'm going to start with one on Saturday that's going to be on Peacock. And for the life of me, I can't understand why. It's going to be one of the coldest games probably recorded in NFL history. And you got the got some Dolphins players that are not going to be playing. And that's Dolphins and Chiefs, which, of course, the Dolphins, they fall into the spot after losing to the Bills. So you got that one. So I look forward to not watching this. Oh, really? You're, you're, you're going to skip it? I don't got Peacock. I got oh. too many streaming services. Oh, see, I do. That's the one that's got WWE on it. Ah, well, there you go. And so, yeah, I do. I do have Peacock. That's actually probably our most watched uh, streamer because of that. <laughs> uh, no, and you know what? I don't I don't understand why everybody is throwing such a hissy fit about this being on Peacock. I really don't. I like, is it just because it is like it's objectively, even though it, I use it a ton, like it's objectively behind like you know your Hulu, like what 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 streaming service could it be on where people wouldn't throw a fit? Is there one? Mm. I guess ESPN Plus. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, people are gonna. This was inevitable. This is gonna happen at some point. I guess maybe even Amazon because like now we're used to NFL and Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it's fine, people. You've got how many streaming services? Sign up for. I'm sure there's a free trial out there you can do, um, but if not, it's six bucks for a month of it. Um, it's also the same month as the Royal Rumble, so like, sign up for this <laughs> month. Also, watch the Royal Rumble. Congratulations, you had a great time. There you go. <laughs> you know that's two great Saturday nights for the cost of one. Um, but no, I think uh, I can tell you firsthand it is cold and snowy out in Kansas City. <laughs> um our dog we had a lot of fun this afternoon we can only be out in it for 20 minutes probably before king started literally shivering um oh, we, we we thought it would be fun to put some kibble into like a giant thing of like we made this giant pile of snow we put some sprinkle some kibble down into it thinking that oh it'd be fun to like jump into it and uh instead he just like tepidly like ate it and was shivering as he did it so i can confirm it is very cold in kansas city yeah. Uh, and Tua is not going to have a good time with that. The offense no. of Miami will not have a good time with that. Give me the Chiefs in this one and lock it in pretty tight. Even though I love this Dolphins team, I love them so dearly. They The, the injuries are also piling up. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Raheem Mostert gets hurt, whatever. He's a running back. Running backs get hurt. Um, but Waddle to also get hurt and Bradley Chubb. And another pass rusher too. I just saw. I think they just signed. Did they just sign Justin Houston today? Is that what I just yeah. saw come across? Yeah. <laughs> did Houston yeah. only do that so he can come back to Kansas City? Is that the only reason he agreed to this deal? <laughs> Is it a one week deal so he can go join the Ravens after the game? Be like, look, guys, I just played <laughs> for the Dolphins in the playoff game. I'm ready to play for you guys. You know. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, hey, it might be. Yeah, but no, I think oh. I think the Chiefs pretty easily in this one, Ryan. What say you? Yeah, I say so pretty easily too. I mean, I kind of figured, you know, when the when the Dolphins it was for certain that they were going to lose to the Bills, 
that it was going to be tough. They lost to the Chiefs once earlier. And we, you know how they perform in that cold weather and you got all these injuries. seems like a lot of things are stacking up against them. So I think the safe bet is taking the Chiefs here to win this one. And possibly maybe their only home game of the playoffs at Arrowhead. I mean, like, that, likely. See how it goes. It, it might, yeah, it likely will happen, but you never know. So I think they get this one and the Dolphins go home and uh, they get to go back to their warm weather, which, I mean, I can't blame them. I, I would probably, if I'm from Miami, I had to go up there for like even just a day. I'm like, when can I leave? When's the nearest <sighs> flight? When's the, when's the flight back? What's man? What time? I'm on it. I was just in Arizona this past week. And to go from that show up here, like my flight back was on Friday when it started the snowing. And let me tell you, going from a warm weather state to a cold weather state, it shocks the system. Even I, I was only gone for a few days and it does. It, it shocks the system for like that first day back. So yeah, I think Miami's got some issues with that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this other game. Old man Joe Flacco with the Browns and the Texans on Saturday. Uh, fun one here. You know, I'm happy for the Texans with the job that they've done this year. Uh, D'Amico, CJ, they've just done a remarkable job. And then here you got Joe Flacco on the other side, just slinging it all over the field. And like, what is it? Is it, this is 2011 all over again? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love it. I love with every fiber of my being, Ryan. Um, I'm not gonna lie. So, like, I will be wearing a Flacco jersey during this game. It's a Ravens Flacco jersey. But I'll be wearing a Flacco jersey during this game. Um, yeah. I am rooting for the Browns. I'm rooting for Flacco. There is a little thing in the back of my brain, though. Um, so back in the spring, remember the World Baseball Classic, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it came down to Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. And I was like an emotional mess, right? <laughs> That's what's yeah. going to happen if the Browns win this game and face the Ravens in the second round. Because this Joe Flacco ride has been one of my favorite things in football in years. Like, I mean, Lamar's MVP season is the other most recent thing that compares to how much pure glee I get out of watching a player play football. And I get a lot of enjoyment out of Lamar every year, but that MVP year was something special. Um, You know, CMC this year also is a player who gave me a lot of joy just to watch, right? But like the same here, fantasy team wise, <laughs> right? There's a difference between like joy for players who are just really good at doing the football, and there's a different level of joy with this, where it's like I am just so darn happy. You said Joe Flacco, I just started beaming. Um, <laughs> it's just it, it just is my favorite thing. I also love this Houston Texans team. Um, D'Amico Ryan's he would get my vote for coach of the year. Um, C.J. Stroud, I think has. Every sign pointing right now that he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL moving forward. I love this Texans team. Um, I guess I should be rooting for them because I don't want to put myself through the emotional trauma <laughs> of Joe Flacco versus the Ravens. Um, but I am picking the Browns, though. And I am picking this with my head, not my heart. Um, the Texans, you know, it was mainly with Stroud's injury with a concussion, which looked terrible. Um, yeah. where they kind of had a, a little bit of a rough stretch there. But this Browns defense... It is a mean, mean defense. And I think Flacco can still ride the magic carpet for one more game. 
You know, I, I think I, I said it weeks and weeks ago when this all started. I do know how Ryan Fitzpatrick works, right? It's wonderful. We all love Fitzmagic, but we all also remember when it comes crashing down, right? And that's Joe mm-hmm. Flacco. He is 100%. He is Ryan Fitzpatrick is red hot right now. And there is a chance it's red hot and runs its way all the way to the freaking Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns. That's oh, in man. the realm of possibility. It really yeah. is. Um, but I do think it's going to come to a halt at some point in the next two weeks. I don't think it's this week, though. So give me the Browns in this one. You know, I put a gif in the group chat with the Wesley Snipes crying, holding the gun <laughs> thing. And that's kind of what, if the Browns win this one, that's kind of what you and lots of other Ravens fans will be feeling next week. It's like, it's like, Flacco, we love you, but. <laughs> well, Ryan, when you when you get Peacock for the uh, the Chiefs game, yeah, when, when you when you when you pay for Peacock, go on there, look up WrestleMania 24, and you can watch Ric Flair's retirement match against Shawn Michaels. And it's one of the most emotional moments you'll ever see where Shawn Michaels looks at Ric Flair, who Ric Flair, the stipulation is if you lose, you retire. And Shawn Michaels looks at him and says, I'm sorry, I love you. And then he kicks the old man's head off and puts him <laughs> into retirement. That's going to be the Ravens looking at Joe Flacco and saying, look, I'm sorry. I love you. Kick to the face. One, two, three. <laughs> Joe Flacco goes to retirement, and we love him for it. Um, but, yeah, that will be the divisional round, but we'll get there. Um, I think it's going to be low scoring, and I think this is good. Yeah. This defense presents a tremendous well, test to CJ. Yeah. And uh, I think that could be good for him going forward, having to face a defense mm-hmm. in this type of situation. I mean, he's been great all year, but having a situation like this, that can really help him uh, going yep. into his second year. I think, it's like it's like when Andrew Luck lost to the Ravens during his rookie year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just a different AFC South team. When the Ravens um, then went on to go win the Super Bowl. You know, sometimes you just got to lose that Super Bowl championship defense. You know. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, wait, now I just said the Cleveland Browns are winning the Super Bowl. Joe Flacco messed with my head. Oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? Take it, Flacco. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think I'm going to go Texans here. Are you? Because they're good at home, and sure. Stroud is good at home. I think their ride continues for one more week, and then it ends in the divisional round. But whoever wins this one, I think, is only playing one more week and is going to lose next week. So I I'm agree, going with the Texans. AFC divisional round, it's going to have some big – it's going to have – there's three big boys. Yeah, it's oh, it's gonna be crazy. Um, then we got the games on Sunday. With, of course, we got some more oh, with the Steelers, Bills, one of the other five seven three teams here playing at Buffalo with no TJ Watt. So that's not great. And it's Mason not what Rudolph, right? His and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> you know, I thought the Rudolph one good game thing was only supposed to be with. Christmas happening. Not with all this. <laughs> and you know, I know Peter hates Mike Tomlin for no reason. Um, and gives him a lot of crap. My hat's off to Mike Tomlin. How in the world do you get this this roster into the playoffs? Are you kidding me? This team is in the playoffs and eight and ten and seven. They didn't just like squeak in. 
Like, they didn't even have a tiebreaker. They just did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Broncos couldn't get out their own way. The Bengals, okay, you lost Burrow, but still played pretty well. The Jaguars couldn't get out their own yeah. way. You know, the Chargers yeah. laid their middle <laughs> fart they always lay. Like, there are so many teams who this should be. And said it's a team who it should not be, but here they are. Hats off to them. Congratulations on another playoff appearance. But that is all it is. It's a playoff appearance. The Bills are going to stop them. Yeah. I, Bills, I like them at home. They they get this two seed. They're going to have two home playoff games to deal with. It's certainly a whole lot better than the prospect of going on the road to play Kansas City, even yeah. though you've already been Kansas City at their place once already this year. It wouldn't have been bad compared Still. to what Miami's got. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Steelers, um, I think they're done. Yeah. And just since we're talking about the Bills, what do you make of this new Bills offense? It's crazy this run that they've been on. And I, I, you got to look at the emergence of James Cook and what he's been yeah. able to do. Even though there hadn't been a lot of rushing touchdowns, the volume he's been able to give them in that run game has really kind of changed this offense. Like, they were – getting nothing out of the run game and here comes james cook bursting out onto the scene and just putting up some good rushing stats and really kind of elevating this bill's offense to where it, it was not great early on this season and now no. here they are just clicking on all cylinders i don't know if it's having to switch to joe brady from ken dorsey maybe I that's do. the thing um because i mean i, I I think that that is because if you look at it, that's really when the switch happened. It was with the OC change. Um, the other thing too is they got back to using Josh Allen's legs, and I know for fantasy purposes, I was very nervous going into the season whether or not Josh Allen would keep on running because he's getting that age now where we even saw like Cam Newton really start to fall off as a rusher, right? And uh, once he gets that age, I'm very worried about it. And in the first half of the season. Josh Allen, as a rusher, did fall off. And it was also just a pure number of attempts. Um, in Before week 11, he had no games of nine or more rushing attempts. Since then, he's had eight or more in every game but one. Um, and he scored two, one, one, two, two, and zero rushing touchdowns. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that's eight rushing touchdowns over the course of five games, Ryan, that Josh Allen had. You mentioned James Cook not having rushing touchdowns. That's because Josh Allen just took them all. <laughs> <laughs> so they got back to using Josh Allen's legs, and I think it's out of necessity. You know, I think I they went into the season wanting to rush him less because he is getting up there a little, you know, not old, old right. but older for a rushing quarterback. And I, I think they kind of wanted to let that workload down a little bit because you want him to stay healthy, you know. Um, as much as everyone has concerns about Lamar staying healthy as he gets older um, and runs this much, it's fair to have that same concern about Josh Allen. And so I think they wanted to bring that back. And then with the new OC change, they're like, look, we have to do this in order to win. And it's worked to perfect. It's worked outstanding. Yeah. Um, they are red hot. They are the team that, like, no one wants to face. And uh, I think they're awesome. And as I currently have it, I have them losing the divisional round to the Chiefs. I might change that. I don't know yet. Um, 
I hope as a Baltimore Ravens fan, the Ravens Bills do not play each other. <laughs> I mean, that's probably for the household's sake too. If the Chiefs make it, <laughs> well, I would rather Ravens Chiefs than Ravens Bills. Yeah, so I think yeah, the Bills, the Bills. I think they they can definitely make it to that AFC Championship game. I, they can win the I Super Bowl. They can win the Super Bowl with how this thing has gone. I think, yeah, if I'm you, I'm probably changing that pick and saying, Bills at home, the, the Chiefs, Mahomes has not played in a road playoff environment. And, you know, Bills Mafia, they're going to be on one. Oh, knowing, yeah. they, knowing they're at home, they got the Chiefs number earlier this season, and they're at home. I think it would be a tough thing for the Chiefs to do. But if they do it, it be a big achievement for them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going Bills this week, and, uh, man, I'm going to be excited for Bills Chiefs next week. So that does complete the AFC side, Ryan. Who do you have coming out of the AFC? I'm not – I'm say saying it. it because uh, – Say it, Ryan. Say it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it with the Ravens. It's not just because you're here, Matt. <laughs> Which uh, I still can't believe that you guys uh, – I can't remember what the score was, but – it was kind of sort of close with the Ravens and Titans earlier in the year. And, you know, you, uh, Tannehill got hurt in that game. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, I guess maybe thank you for moving us towards the future and singing what we got in the Mayo man. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the Ravens, the Ravens. I think I remember us talking about in mid season and talking about that defense. They've ran the course. Yeah. They have passed every test that's put in front of them. Um, I remember at the time that we had talked, it was definitely before the Seattle game, I think. Mm -hmm. Because I was kind of concerned. Because as good as the Ravens defense had been that first half of the year, look at who they had played. C.J. Stroud in his first game in the NFL. So we didn't really know what C.J. Stroud was yet. A gimpy Joe Burrow. No Anthony Richardson, so it was Gardner Minshew. Um, No Deshaun Watson, it was DTR. Um, Kenny Pickett, another backup quarterback. Um, Tannehill gets hurt, so Banana Boy comes in. They they beat the snot out of Jared Goff. I'm like, well, that's a big thumbs up. Um, no Kyler Murray, so they faced, was it Josh Dobbs, I guess, the Arizona game? Um, and then finally kind of faced some real quarterbacks, right? Smash Geno Smith. Then you get a Browns game, you get a Bengals game in there, but then Ju- Justin Herbert smashed him. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he had a really good game. The Ravens found a way to win that one, though. I like having a game where, like, the defense didn't show up and the offense is still able to win that one, 37-31. Um, but then you get this hot mm-hmm. run of three games here where Trevor Lawrence smashed him. Brock Purdy on Christmas smashed him. Uh, Tua smashed him. Like, that's incredibly encouraging of how this second half of the season has gone for this defense. There's no offense that steps into this against this defense I'm worried about. Um, maybe one of them will have a big game against them, but I trust this offense to be able to counterpunch then, right? You look at that Rams game, gives me that confidence in that situation. There's no game that can happen in the playoffs as a Baltimore Ravens fan where I look at it going into it scared. May not win it, may not win it, but I don't go into it with fear at all. Versus, you know, the last five years, it's been, well, if you go to Arrowhead, right, you're scared. 
if you, you know, and then for 20 years before that, if you go to Gillette, you're scared, right? Like that's the world of the AFC for the last 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, that doesn't exist this year. It's very open. And that could be a surprise run from somebody. That is why like a Flacco Browns team could make a run is because no one truly scares you. Uh, Buffalo is red hot. They could go on this run. Um, but I feel like the Ravens have as good of a chance as anybody to be that team. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, as hot as the Bills are, the Ravens right now, they would have that home field advantage too. And with how, even though the Bills have done well with how decimated that defense has been with injuries, I think it'd be a little bit tough to roll into Baltimore yeah. and try to win. And then you got to deal with that defense on that side too. I think it'd be tough. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the Ravens get back to the Super Bowl this year, and you're going to be happy about it. And who knows? We could be dealing with a happy Matt Warman <laughs> or a sad Matt Warman in early February. <laughs> oh, a month from now, I could be a complete train wreck. <laughs> let's let's talk NFC I mean, side. Let, 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 let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's let the Super Bowl talk simmer for a second. Let's talk yeah. NFC side and figure <laughs> out that side of the picture. All right. Yeah. Um, Packers Cowboys. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, despite how bad the Packers defense is, Jordan Love has been really good here as of late. 18 touchdowns and one interception these last few games. Yeah. He had a good early part of the season, middle part, kind of bumpy. They they stayed through it. And then these last few games, he's just been on a tear. And it, these are young guys he's working with. A lot of the yeah. young guys that Packers are going to want to pair him with for the future, even though Watson hasn't played a whole lot. You got Dobbs out there. You got Kraft out there. Reed. You got Aaron Jones making appearance back after all these weeks. Where was he during fantasy? You know, that's that's what the other team, so I'm not worried about that. But um, he's done really well. And it looks like the Packers, they got their guy now. I think you know what you got in love, and you got this young nucleus of like, let's go and let's build around. And here they are rolling into Dallas with Dallas having the two seed. And I think Dallas is who I'm going to take here. They're at home. It's pro It's one of the certainties with the playoffs with Dallas at home. They're awesome at home. They're like a, they're a completely different team. It's like the sliders are turned all the way up to another level. Well, the audio sliders definitely turned all the way up because we can definitely hear Dak say, "Here we go!" <laughs> when they're at home, that's for yeah. sure. So, yeah, I'm yeah. the Cowboys too in this one. And it being at home is definitely a big factor in this one. Um, also, like you said, that Green Bay defense—it's not great. I expect the land to kind of be able to slice and dice them a little bit. Um, yeah, I tell you, though, very encouraging year at Green Bay, a year that was not supposed to happen. They were not supposed to get this far, uh, no. for Green Bay. So definitely encouraging. Like you said, I think you might have your guy in Jordan Love. That's awesome. I do hope they don't just rest with these young receivers. I hope they still go get a guy, go get that one, you know, um, thinking about, you know, the, the classic example at this point is, is they went and got Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, mm -hmm. right? You, a yeah. lot of teams are happy to have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and they said, no, we're going to go get you Jamar Chase, right? Go get him his Jamar Chase, whoever that is. Go get him his one. You know, there's a pretty upset receiver out in New York right now. If you can somehow get that guy, you know, <laughs> go do it, right? Um, but 
that's for future Packers. I'm going to go Cowboys here. And uh, it's this NFC side, man, this is a open, open year, Um, especially on this first weekend before the 49ers get involved. It would not surprise me at all to Green Bay win. You know, I wonder if Green Bay does get hot here early on if, if something goes their way. And they're a young team, you know. When you're young, you don't know any better. And when you've had experience in the league, you can kind of have a little bit of trepidation. But they don't know any better. They're a young team full of first- and second-year guys that are yeah. getting some real-time action for the first time all year. So they don't know any better. So they can very well storm in there early on. It's like, hey, we don't know any better, but we're going to go out and win this game. So, I mean, that could definitely be what happens. But, yeah, this NFC is open before the Niners get involved. And you got this next game coming up and with the Rams and Lions, I'll tell you what, it's kind of like the Joe Flacco facing his former team around earlier with (laughs) Stafford and going back to Detroit to face the Lions. It's very much in that mold. And you're talking about a team that feels like they weren't supposed to be here. The Rams kind of fit in that mold too. Yeah, definitely. Like they were kind of supposed to be – Old, decrepit, take a step back. Cooper Cup gets hurt in the preseason, and oh no, we don't have any wide receivers. And Stafford coming off like backs, or you know, like they got all sorts of issues. You know, Cam Akers, right? We're supposed to be the running back to this offense, right? Yeah, Aaron Donald's <laughs> always thinking about retirement. Um, there's you know, Jalen Ramsey's no longer on the team, like there's supposed to be some problems with this Rams team, and there still are, but I, I like him. Actually, I'm picking the Rams to go into Detroit here. Um, oh, so I'm picking Stafford to go into Detroit and knock him off here. Um, yeah, that's probably my that's definitely my deepest upset of the weekend. Um, uh, but I, I love this Rams team. I think that you know the Lions, I understand the reason they played the players, it is because Dan Campbell's gonna be Dan Campbell, and that's one of the great things about him, and it's part of the territory because there's a lot of good that comes out of being the way that he is as a coach. It's a raw, raw yeah. run through a brick wall head coach, but in a situation where you needed a couple things to break your way to get the two seed in an era now where to me, the two seed doesn't really mean that much. Um, I would have sat some guys that they didn't sit um, and they paid for it. They had a couple injuries on defense. They had the big Sam Laporta injury. I think all that's going to pay off pretty terribly for Detroit. And uh, so, yeah, give me the Rams. I'll tell you what, you know, thank you, Matt, for furthering the Titans and Ben Johnson agenda here by getting him there quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Take him as soon as possible. Um, Yeah, I mean, like you said, that comes to the territory. It could have cost him Laporta, which he's been an amazing tied in as a rookie this year he's been awesome yeah um so to lose them at this stage where you really could have exploited this rams defense who has been really solid raheem morris has done a great job with this defense with not a whole lot of big name guys you got aaron donald there and then like i really can't name anybody else besides byron young i mean he went to ut so that's the only way i know him and apparently he's been good this year too for him. So yeah, I, I, I'm happy for him. Um, but I'll tell you what, yeah, this is a this is a spicy one. I, 
man, if Stafford goes into Detroit and wins this one, oh, man, it, it would be crazy. I think I'm going to be safe and take the Lions, but, man, I, I see where – I can see it. I can see the Rams going in there and taking down the Lions, and it just be like, well, we got Rams and 49ers, NFC West matchup in the divisional round. By the way, you mentioned and, Laporta being a rookie, and uh, I think every candidate for Rookie of the Year is in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Laporta, mm-hmm. Puka, and Stroud. To me, Puka's the pick. Um, but I think all three of those guys are the three candidates for Rookie of the Year. Now, could you imagine just a team with all three of them together? <laughs> you could very easily have had it. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. I, I mean, Texans had a lot of picks from what I remember last year. They could have done it. So, I mean, you, yeah. you could have had all those guys. But uh, I'm going with Lions here. But I got Rams. So, that's I think it's the first one we're different on. Oh, no. Browns and Texans. Oh, Browns yeah. You Texans. had Houston. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did have Houston. Yeah. Um. So, Let's talk about the Monday night game. Eagles, Buccaneers. Man, <laughs> Philly. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I don't know where to start with Philly. It's uh, uh, The defense is falling apart. The offense is kind of falling yeah. apart. A.J. Brown gets banged up. Devonta Smith is on crutches. Jalen Hurts' fingers go in the wrong direction. I currently have Philly as my pick. I reserve the right to change this one. Um, Injury report is something I'm going to have to go check out before I submit this one because I might flip this to Tampa. Also, Tampa's been hot, you know. Um, Have they won? Is it six in a row? Uh, I feel like they lost one here not too long ago. Or maybe I'm wrong. I'll have to take a look. They won five of their last six. Okay, okay. Not too, too far off, but no, they've been yeah, red. Baker's hot. been on another level. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans, I mean, Mr. Consistency over there in Tampa. Mike um, Evans. He uh, just I, does it every with, year. With that Eagles defense, I mean, it's going to be hard to cover him. I can very easily pick Tampa here. I might be like you, like, I'm going to reserve the right to change it and pick philly but man tampa i think he and baker's been better at home yeah and he it's a home playoff environment for him so i think i'll go with the eagles like you but i might change it to the bucks here and say that the bucks win but i'm going with eagles yeah, I, I am currently in the same spot where I'm currently taking the Eagles. I will probably change my mind five or six times between now and then, and <laughs> we'll see where I land. When I do, now, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a parlay bet, and I'm probably gonna leave this game just out of that parlay. Like I'm just going to pick safe. the rest of the games and just that's not safe. pick this one. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the safest thing you could do with these slate of games. Like, yeah, that that one looks like it's the when you're, you're just like, I'm not totally sure what to expect here with uh, what to happen. Uh, as far as the NFC side, um, let's talk about who to expect to come out there. Of course, you got the Cowboys as the two seed, and then you got the Niners on a bye. I feel like I'm going Niners here. Yeah, me too. 
Um, and, and it's it's funny because I think on the AFC side, I don't trust anyone, but I do believe in everyone, and everyone has like earned the doubt. You know, like like I don't trust the Chiefs. I don't. We've seen a full season of this Chiefs offense just yeah. not be very good, but yeah. they have earned the benefit of the doubt, right? I don't yeah. trust the Bills, although they've been red hot recently. So they've definitely earned the benefit of the doubt. You know, the, the Browns. I don't really trust Joe Flacco, the Browns, but <laughs> the way they're playing, they've earned the benefit of the doubt. On the NFC side, I don't trust the Lions, and they don't have a couple of their big time players due to injuries now. I don't, they have not, they also have not been here before. Um, no. The Rams, you know, they have won the Super Bowl. Only like three guys are still on that team, though, you know, <laughs> and they're all like 40. They haven't really earned the benefit of the doubt. Philly, all those offensive injuries we just talked about, plus a defense that's been atrocious all year, they don't really have the benefit of the doubt with me. Dallas, every time Dallas has played a good team, they don't show up. They have not earned the benefit of the doubt with me. It's, I'm going San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even they have had moments and stretches of pretty horrendous play. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the uh, the ref, they wouldn't have tackled Lamar Jackson a single time. I had to throw <laughs> that one in there. Uh, so I'm, I, I have a Christmas, a Christmas rematch with the same result. I've got Ravens over 49ers. Maybe I'll go with the Niners here just because McCaffrey got me my fantasy championship. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Look at this guy. Uh, uh, hey, he won me my first fantasy championship in eight years. All right, even though he got hurt in the final game. Hey, honestly, you... I should be going with I should be going with the Chiefs because Pacheco led me there. <laughs> you should be going with the Ravens because every Sunday you ask me who to start, and I helped you win that championship. Dang it. That, that could, yeah, there's a good point. I, I also got to take in consideration is there, are there any Tennessee connections with the Ravens? I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I, I got can't nothing. Of, which, yeah. little tangent here there's a Tennessee connection with the Raiders' offensive coordinator. He's actually from Jackson, Tennessee. Really? And he went to the University of Tennessee. Shoot. So, so I was like, well, how about that? So, um, why, why don't you just pick them to win the Super Bowl then, Ryan? <laughs> I'm sure Raiders country will be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll hire me instead of you if I go <laughs> with that route. <laughs> like, hey, this guy's picking us to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I'll go with the Niners here. I think. I just like a lot of what they've done. I think they would want a rematch with the Ravens. I think they want it and see what happened that first time was a fluke or not. And I think it's the matchup I think we all want to see between these two teams. Even though we've already seen it once, we want to see how it plays on a neutral side for the biggest game of the year. I think we're going to get it. I don't know. Personally, I want to see Ravens-Packers, but that's just me. <laughs> No, uh, it is, and you know what? I, Next one I, so, up is Browns and 49ers for you to see. Flacco. <laughs> um, I do definitely feel like a little bit of a homer for picking the Ravens. I will say this though for anyone who is claiming, well, Matt's just a homer, 
this is only the third time I can remember that I've ever actually picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Um, there was 2019, Lamar's MVP year. And then there was the year it actually happened, and they yeah. won the Super Bowl. So I definitely only pick them to win it when they like have real reason for me to pick it. I, I am definitely not a homerism picker at all, this sort of thing. So uh, So get that out of here. I see you down there with your little fingers in the comment section. Oh, that's just the home. Hey, you're one for one. Well, I'm one for two. I'm one for two. One for two. There was the Lamar MVP year. Yeah. So there was was that one too, which I can't remember how that game went and who ruined that one for us. Um, We're not going to talk about it. (laughs) I have a couple Um, ideas. Yeah, I I remember remember, uh, playing a game of Madden after that and winning 100 to (laughs) 3. (laughs) <laughs> uh but no so that, that's what i've got though I, i've got ravens over 49ers um i think the nfc is a bit more straightforward i think afc once you get to that divisional round it can be anybody it can have yeah. and really even on the <laughs> nfc side like honestly who would actually surprise you to see holding the vince lombardi trophy at the end of the year i would be surprised to see it be pittsburgh Green Bay, Miami, Detroit. Like that's it. That would actually like genuinely surprise me. No, yeah, I think NFC like it is more kind of straightforward, and you could say, well, maybe Dallas, but they're gonna have to if they're gonna get to where they want to go, they're probably going to play the Niners again at their place. And yeah, we already saw how that happened the first time. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. And so I think, yeah, in that AFC divisional round, that's going to be some amazing football next week. We are going to be in for a treat with whoever makes it next week. Chiefs spills is going to be amazing. And then the following week, when we get the Ravens taking on one of those two, it's going to be awesome. Hey, so, hey, hey, yeah, don't, I, don't get too far ahead of yourself there, Ryan. Yeah, I get there yet. All right. Hey, I'm just saying, playoff football. It's exciting, even though You're, my team is trash. You are specifically naming matchups and jinxing things, and I would like it if you would stop. Fine. The Steelers and the Bills. Oh man, can you imagine? St- oh wait, wait that's, that's the first. The st- <laughs> Aren't you excited the, the, for the first round matchup? Oh, I am. Mike Tomlin, man. Peter's going to listen to the spot and be like, why guys? <laughs> yeah. That's Steelers and uh chiefs AFC matchup. Woo. Oh boy. That'll be a big one. <laughs> oh, somebody's going to be mad in the group chat, <laughs> but not us two. We'll just be sitting no, back we'll and watching all the action unfold. I'll be simmering in yeah. the background. <laughs> the Ravens somehow blew the divisional round of the Steelers. Could you imagine? Oh man, oh man, yeah that that'd be a rough one. That'd be a rough way to end the season. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we're going 49ers, Ravens here. Matt's going Ravens. I'm going Niners. But uh, all this playoff action is going to get started on Saturday with Browns, Joe Flacco, and Texans being the first one up. Then we got Chiefs, Dolphins on Saturday, and then we got three games Sunday. 
And then we got Eagles Bucks on Monday. So it should be fun, super wild card weekend. So I think that will do it for us. Uh, Matt, hopefully we'll be back on and we'll talk about a potential Super Bowl in the future. Yeah, definitely. And uh, maybe I will just parade around Kansas City all by myself. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe there's a Ravens fan that's not too far away from Kansas City. You never you know, know. You know what? I've got a lot of Southwest Airlines points built up. Maybe I just fly myself to Baltimore. Fly my little happy <laughs> butt out there for the day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> maybe I just do that. You might just run to Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Jim, what are you doing over here? Oh, you know, the commanders are kind of in, you know, like 20 miles away. So I just heard swing by, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, everybody, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you haven't yet, be sure to go check us out where you guys get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube, 573 Podcast. Do all the YouTube things. And on Twitter, you can find Matt at Real Matt Mormon and also ADP. Uh, I don't know. As was was ADP going to be doing with off season? Um, so that's to be determined. Took a little bit of a break here recently, kind of uh, you know re- reconfiguring how I'm approaching things. Um, I, I did a YouTube video uh, yesterday. It was just kind of about the coaching um, situations. But, you know that was before Vrabel, but that was with Arthur Smith and Roger Ver being fired. Um, I'm kind of reevaluating yeah. the kind of how I want to structure things. I'm thinking doing more kind of one topic, 10 to 12 minute um, things and kind of approaching it that way. So uh, definitely keep an eye out though for, for all the goodness that'll be coming that way. One, one thing I do plan on kind of doing is just kind of a lay of the land, almost more for dynasty fantasy purposes, um, going each team and kind of, you know, what their off season looks like as far as who is under contract, you know, solidly still staying yeah. with teams and kind of, who could benefit, right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to give you an example from, like, this past year or two years ago where, like, wide receiver, for example, where, you know, a, a guy's going to get, you know, just off the top of my head because Hopkins, right? I think Hopkins yeah. is probably going to get cut. So does that mean more opportunity for Traylon Burks, right? So guys like that that maybe you can identify and get ahead of a little bit on the, uh, the offseason. Yeah, so uh, there you go. So if you want to check out ADP, go and do that. Uh, as far as this end with the college football season over, which uh, – I know uh, you on that end are terribly sad to see oh. go. The college football um, season begins in February. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's getting to that point where it's almost a year-round thing with all the transfer portal and sure. all that stuff. So uh, th- that that's kind of true. But uh, we'll be doing some draft stuff here on uh, on this pod and really excited to be doing that. We were going to do that on this one, but we're going to put it all off after the Super Bowl a little bit and uh, dive into it. It's going to be an exciting draft. And I may just be saying that because the Titans have a top seven pick and uh, might get to take a left tackle. I've probably never been more excited to take a left tackle than I am right now. Uh, that's what having uh, Dennis Daly and Andre Dillard will do to you. Oh. <laughs> so on that note, everybody, uh, have a good rest of your day. And uh, we'll see how all these games on Wildcard Weekend unfold.